Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our guest today, as we said, is Anna Huckabee Tull, and our topic is Music for Hope and Healing. Anna Huckabee Tull works with individuals throughout the world writing and producing songs to heal and celebrate human life. She is a psychologist and life coach who has a natural gift for capturing feelings, emotions, and stories through her music. From her debut album, Open Now, in 1999, to the 2007 release of Every Day, Anna's music celebrates the high points, struggles, and deeper personal journeys that make up the focal points of life lived well and fully. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you. So happy to be here. It's great to have you on, Anna. How did you get into crafting songs? Well, it was kind of um, a convergence of a couple of things, but mostly I went and got a master's in something called spiritual psychology. And Mm. as part of this two-year program, they said, you can't really graduate from this program until you have identified what you were born to do. So there were all kinds of, you know, classes and support groups and papers that I wrote, and it was all designed to say, how do you make sense out of the things that you're naturally good at and the things that you're drawn to do, and how do you create a way for that to show up in the world? And so through a lot of careful looking, I emerged becoming pretty clear that part of what I'm here to do is to help people who are struggling with a feeling or with an experience to learn how to translate some of those feelings into something that can bring them some level of relief through sound wavelengths, through music. And you've been playing all your life? Um, I've I've come from a very musical family, so music has always been a part of my life, but it really wasn't until I emerged from this program a little bit after I turned 30 that I got pretty clear about the direction that I wanted to go with it, that I wanted to be able to help individuals hear themselves reflected back to themselves in an uplifting kind of way. Wow. Yeah, and I noticed on a YouTube video, and if you, if you Google Anna, you will get a lot of hits. So I, I Googled you and found a YouTube video where someone was interviewing you. It was, I think it was a show you were on, actually. Yes, I've done a lot of TV shows recently. Yes, I loved it because you're sitting cross-legged on the couch with your guitar. <laughs> it was very That's cool. Me. <laughs> and you're talking about how early on in your life you used to play the violin first. Mm-hmm. And then you went from there to the guitar. Is that how it kind of yeah, progressed? Yeah, I played violin kind of like in high school and uh-huh. um, didn't really do too much with it after that at all. And it wasn't until I was in this program, this um, you know spiritual psychology program, that one of the things they asked us to do was identify something that we wanted that was so close to our heart that we would find it difficult to say it out loud. Mm, so wow, that's like you know something that's like a life wish of yours that you can barely bring yourself to say. That sounds like an amazing program. You know, I want people to hear your music before we go to first break. So, I, can you just kind of introduce this first song, and we will talk about it after. So, not to leave it. Um, okay. You know, so we will discuss it. So, talk about Sly. Yeah, there is a huge story with this song, and, and we can only do like a really short take, and then we're going to hear yep. it on the way out to the okay. break. So the very short take is that this is a song that a mother commissioned for her four-year-old son who was dying of a very rare form of cancer. And she wanted a song that could be played at his memorial service, but she said, is there any way you could do it fast enough that he could hear it, we could hear it together before he dies and it might help him think about his transition. Well, and give us a short, uh, what are the words about? Um, the lyrics to the song? Uh-huh. 
I don't have them in front of me. Let's see if I do. Maybe. I'll... Well, that's okay. We'll listen. We'll talk about it after because I want to make sure we get um, uh, uh, listen to that. So, Justin, why don't you put that on, and we'll go to break. And when we come back, we'll be talking more about music for hope and healing. You're listening to Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. And stay tuned for more. And also listen to Fly, Alex's song. Some people live many years upon this earth And others like you, my boy, stay shorter But after your time is through There is more in store for you For love is the key that will hold us together sky where you can soar above this town fly up to the sky where you can always look down on the house where you lived and the people who love you here where we'll stand on the ground and we'll whisper our love to the it by saying that I got a phone call from a mother who wanted to commission a song for her son's memorial service. He was four years old and had a rare form of cancer. And what she said is, we've been told now that he has maybe three months to live, and I don't know how quickly you can write a song, but you know, if there's any way that you could write this before he passes so that we can listen to it together, that would be sort of like super extra special and meaningful. So I did the song interview with her, which is in that case was over the phone because she wasn't in my area. I'm in now you're in Boston, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so we did this song interview, and she described that this little boy had been in and out of the hospital his whole life, and that between the two parents, they had another daughter, that they had managed to have somebody sleep in the hospital with him, one of the parents, every night of his life, even though that was about two-thirds of the four years that wow. he'd been alive. So we talked for a long while, but the really incredible crux to me of this song interview was that she was describing, his mother was describing that this rare form of cancer was also something that had been in their family, her husband's sister, I guess, had the same thing, and that they noticed shortly before this child died, this this aunt of theirs, that um, she had begun trying to say reassuring things and make the parents feel better about what was about to happen. I'm going to be okay. I will be fine. I'll be all right. So this mother was saying to me, when I hear my son Alex doing this thing that 
I know children often do before they're about to die, I work really hard to talk him out of it and say, don't talk like that, let's not think like that, you're going to be okay, you're going to push through. So as I was doing the interview, I said, you know, I want to invite you to think about this in a different way if you can. And what I want you to think about is, here's this beautiful boy, and you have spent your whole entire life giving to him. You've been by his side, you've taken care of him, you've slept with him, They've, you know, the whole town rallied around him and got him in a fire engine that rode up and down the street, they did all kinds of things. And I said, I want you to imagine what would happen if you allowed him to give comfort to you. If you, if you let him do what he's trying to do and to really receive it. And if we could find a way in song that you could let him know that this is his gift to you, that he is going to fly, that he is going off, and that really one of the most incredible gifts that he could give you is to offer you comfort. And so you can't hear it in the clip that we played, but the way the song ends is it's a lovely little little boy voice of saying, I will be all right. I will be okay. And let it sort of echo through the end of the song. And so, we and they can hear that song by going to your website, right? Yes, they can. The song and is tell on the people how to get there. Yes, the website is called CustomCraftedSongs.com. And if you go to the homepage, just scroll down a tiny bit. It'll say, "Hear this month's song of the month." And mm-hmm. If you click on that, you can hear the song that's being featured this month. That's this, that's not this one, but if you scroll down, there are all the other songs of the month. And so that this one is the heading is a little boy dies of cancer. So you'll be able to hear all of mm-hmm. You can hear the whole thing. You can download it for free if you want to. So um, just a couple of other things I'll say about this quickly is that um, I was able to record the song quickly. I just had a feeling, and this happens to me sometimes, she said he had three months to live, and I don't know why, but I just knew that that was not the case. Uh-huh. So I dropped everything. I called in everybody I could think of to move quickly, and I, I recorded a rough recording of this song and sent it to her, and she was just blown away which is probably my favorite part of this work that I do. It's sort of the most mysterious piece of this work that I do is that I listen really carefully to people, but when the song comes through, it almost feels like I didn't write it. It's, it's mm-hmm. just people, when they hear the song that they've asked for, are just it's, it never fails. It's just sort of like, how could you possibly have done this? And I feel the same way. I have no idea how I did this, but I just stayed with it and it kind of And, and how could you have known everything I'm thinking, it sounds like? Yeah, well, and yeah, that's the thing. I think when I do interviews, a lot of times it's what they don't say that ends right. up wrong, you know. Wow. So I don't know how that works, but I, I, I just believe it's something that if I keep honoring it, it just seems to be able to be possible. So I mm-hmm. sent her the song. She was really blown away, and the process is that I then go into a recording studio and, and hire professional musicians and the whole nine yards. So I did that as quickly as I could. I got everybody together and did rehearsals, and I was able to email her an MP3 of the song and she was able to sit with him and play it with him about six times over a period of a few days, um, and they could listen to it together. And it was, she said it was just one of the most beautiful experiences uh. of her life. And the really amazing thing about this story is that somehow, I don't know why, but she had gotten it in her head that she needed to have the physical CD box in her hand. So I had sent her an MP3 that she could play on her computer, but the actual CD with the cover that I had designed that had pictures of him um, was in the mail. And so I, I got it, you know, I had it sort of overnighted or whatever it was. So it got to her as soon as it was ready. It got to her, and she told me this story afterwards that she heard the doorbell. It was 4 o'clock on a Thursday. She opened the door. It was the delivery guy. He had this CD, and she held the CD in one hand, and she walked into his bed and held his hand with her other hand, and he, she said, okay, you can go. Wow. wow. He did. 
You're going to so crack the follow up here. <laughs> wow. It helps her to release him. To, yeah. And, I, let, and give him permission and to let go him on fly. to the next life. Yeah, I think there's just something for her about holding that CD in her hand and saying, okay, I have something of what this was. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the next song we're going to do, which is The Connection. Okay, so this next song also has a really incredible story with it, and that is a woman called me up. It was fairly straightforward. She said, we're dealing with the death of my brother. He was 35, and mm. um, he died under sort of curious circumstances, and the family was, was thinking that he may have been actually killed by his partner. Mm. So I was still under investigation at the time, but a very difficult... So this is after he died, because I was going to ask you yeah. if he did anything uh, posthumously. Yeah, Yeah. so this was somebody that had died, and um, so she said he, we, he had a really difficult relationship with my father. He and I were very close, but he and my father were rather estranged, and he struggled with alcohol, and he had this, this son who had died had... Um, had a, a vision that he had bought this really old house in St. Louis and he was going to fix it all up. He had drawn up the plans for what he was going to do and it was going to be this incredible architectural thing. And he was just not able to get it together. He was really struggling with alcohol and so he was living in this house which was in terrible condition with no plumbing um, at the time that he died. So it was a really kind of a sad uh, story. So the reason this woman called me was she said, I would like to commission a song for Father's Day for my father about my brother, because oh my, my father um, hasn't been able to cry, hasn't really felt anything. And she said, and we, I tried something else. What I've tried during the past year is that we actually, my father and I went to this house that he had, and we raised a bunch of funds through the community, and we've completely fixed it up to his plans. We've built it the way he wanted it to be. And she said it was really cathartic for me, and my dad came every day and hammered the nails and everything, but he's just been like a rock. You know, He's just not feeling it. He's kind of holding himself in that place that I'm sure a lot of your viewers are familiar with. It's sort of like, or your listeners, I should say, that's just sort of like, I, you know, for some people there's just a, I, I can't even let myself feel right. anything because there's so much unfinished business here and so many, so much healing that didn't happen while he was alive. So, well, how do you like this too? Because it's a sibling thing, right? I was just exactly. saying, I was going to, I was thinking that this is fat. I love the idea that someone commissioned something for their sibling and their brother, and and also to have a connection between the father and the brother. It's a wonderful story. Well, it's going to be time for us to go out because we want to hear this, uh, the connection. So let's hear the connection. Can I I say one more thing about it? Oh, yeah, one more thing, okay. Um, This is not the song she commissioned. She commissioned that song, the song she asked for, played it for her father, and it was the first time he cried. And the whole time that I was writing it, I kept hearing this other song that was Uh his brother trying to speak to his sister. Oh, so after the song was complete, I said, you know, i got to tell you, there's this other song that just keeps coming through. I'm hearing your brother, and he's speaking to you. Mm. Um, and so at the time, she said, I can't do it. It's just too intense, and this other song has been too much. But a year later, she called back and said, now I want to hear that song, because for a year I had felt really connected to him. The whole first year after he died, I felt like I could speak to him whenever I wanted, and now I've lost the connection. Wow, and so well, this I is need about this getting... song now. I need to know what it is he's trying to say to me. And the song is, in fact, about what it means to be able to find the place inside of yourself where you can connect with someone after they're gone. Great. Okay, let's hear the connection. Oh 
Heidi, I, it was fabulous. And Heidi, I want to know how it made you feel as a sibling. Well, I love the idea of having this. Any any time we talk about siblings and hear music, it's so wonderful and it's so validating because we often do feel unacknowledged. And I love the name of the the, the song and the idea that there is such a powerful connection that we maintain over a lifetime with with our brothers and sisters. Just because yeah. they're gone from the earth does not mean we're not connected. We're still very much connected. So I loved it, Anna. I thought it was moving and very, very powerful. Yeah, well, it was a, creating it was a really interesting experience because I think it was the first time. This has happened to me several times since then, but it was the first time that somebody comes came to me to commission a song for one reason, and I, I made good on it, and I did the thing that they were asking for, but I began hearing sort of like what I would call the real reason that they came to me or the ultimate reason that they came to me, which is not always what they're asking for, but that that sometimes I just have this sense of like, okay, they found me and they think they know why they found me, but there's something much deeper that's possible here. Wow. So, well, oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Anna, tell me um, if I want to have you uh, custom make me a song or whatever, how does that, how does that go for me? And I, it sounds like um, I can do it any time. I mean, it doesn't have to be if I have somebody who's dying. It can be that I've had somebody die. It can be years ago. We could do one for Scott 26 years ago, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, the, the, if we get time to do the third one today, that's a, that's the tenth anniversary of the loss of a, a family. Oh, member. that's great! Forever growing. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that on this segment. Why you mention it? It might be a good segue. However, I want to make sure that you talk about crafting a song first, and then mm-hmm. and then let's talk about forever growing. Yeah, well, people seem to to come to me for all different kinds of reasons, and this the area around loss when you when you've lost someone important to you seems to be the area that I'm probably drawn to the very most, but that's not to say I've, I've written songs for tribes in Africa and I've written songs for new babies and, you know, all kinds of things. But I feel the most, I guess, called would be the word around songs that have to do with somebody grappling with loss. And I've thought a lot about why. What is that? Is that like something morbid or, you know, why am I drawn that way? And what I've come to believe is that when you've experienced a deep or very painful kind of loss, that there's a certain kind of energy around an experience like that that is really powerful and often really beautiful and often really life-changing. And I've met a lot of people, probably like the two of you, who have had, who have experienced a profound loss and have found a way to let it drive them forward in living their life and helping other people. And there's something about being around that and facilitating that that I just find really beautiful and incredible. Just the, the experience of loss often kind of cracks somebody open and it's in the being cracked open that a lot of things suddenly become possible well talk a little bit about uh this might be a good time to talk about grief haven and suzanne whitmore because we had suzanne on our show and that's how i found you because she sends me the grief haven newsletter and uh she has the erica whitman i mean whitmore uh, goodman foundation for her wonderful daughter erica who died of uh, sinus cancer i believe right Yep, that's right. It's a very rare yeah. form of cancer. Yeah, well, and she does some Grief wonderful Haven, work. for anybody that doesn't know about it, I am in love with Grief Haven. I think it's one of the finest websites out there, and Susan created it in the aftermath of the loss of her daughter, and I think the vision that she had, and she's lived up to it incredibly, is this idea of creating a soft place to land for people in the immediate aftermath of having lost somebody really important in their life. The, the focus on that website is if it's your child that you've lost, but I think all kinds of people visit the website because it's just full of resources and connections and um, opportunities to connect with other people. How did she find you? Um, I'm not sure I can even remember how she found me. 
I don't know if I recall anymore, but I'm just such a huge fan of her work. I do think it was she that found me somehow. Oh, I do know how. There's another website called the Memorial Music Website. And if you don't know about that, that's a lovely, another one of these, somebody that lost somebody and wanted no one else to ever have to face this particular issue again. So it's a woman who created a website full of music that's good for memorial services because it's not usually the first thing on your mind when you're Mm -hmm. doing this. So I have donated several songs to that website. This is part of my work in a way of sharing, um, and I think that's how we got connected. And And I'll mention, as long as we're on it about this donating, um, so people come and commission me to write songs, and it's kind of an expensive thing to do. Um, but my business model is very unusual. I've never seen one like it anyplace else. And that is when somebody commissions a song, it usually costs somewhere around $3,000, sometimes as much as 5000 depending on what they want or whether they want copyrights. But, um, and, and that money is, covers a very extensive interview and a lot of time that I spend working on it and then time in the studio and recording a finished product with all kinds of professional musicians. But once someone has commissioned the song, with their blessing, I then make it free to everybody else that ever wants it. And so um, it's a really backwards kind of model because most songwriters write a song and then they're shopping it around and trying to make money for it off of it. And for me, once it's created and once those basic costs are covered, then I just want those songs to fly as far as they can and reach all the places that they need to get. And so you can get them on uh, iTunes. You can pay 99 cents and get one of them, but you can also just go to my website and, and download them for free. They're all completely available, and that's all with the full knowledge and blessing of all the people who have commissioned them because the idea is, even though they're incredibly specific to that one person, there's a universal quality to each of these specific journeys and songs, and it's been incredible to me how many other people, for example, have played Alex's song, Fly, that we heard earlier in the show at their child's funeral, and this one that we just heard, The Connection, I know because I hear frequently from people that it's used at retreats, you know, to not, not always just around the topic of death, but in the connection that's been formed at a retreat that people want to be able to continue to feel and stay connected. Yeah. So Anna, it's a very backwards business model. <laughs> yeah, I just have to say, too, I mean, well, when you think about it, you've got to think about, okay, yes, I'm putting $3,000 in, which sounds like a lot, but you have this song forever. It's never going to wear out. You're going to listen to it more than 3,000 times. And, and, and <laughs> think, sure. about, think about the long term. I mean, over the long term, it's probably going to be almost free to hear it. I mean, you know, $3,000 is not a lot when you have something for a lifetime, and, and it's an incredible gift to give somebody. It's a, a pretty powerful way to express your love. And yeah, I was thinking people could get together and, and give a gift to a family. I mean, yep, that's it, happened too. I love that. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. Well, talk to us a little bit about the next song because we want to make sure we get into it. I think my engineer is probably tearing his hair out because <laughs> we're not sticking with the schedule very well. Sorry about that, Justin. Life gets in the way of planning sometimes, I guess. All um, right, so I, I love your philosophy because it's very Tao, which is you have a right, <laughs> you have a right to your work but not the results. There you go. There you go. Well, <laughs> so, so this third fly. song is called Forever Growing. This was a family that came to me and said, we want to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the loss of our little baby brother. This is a family with a mother and a father and a daughter and then a little son. And the, this little baby, Wyatt, was, I think, four months old when he died. So this was my introduction to this whole idea that a child could live for that short of a time and it could have such a profound impact on the family in such a way that they all, many, many members of this enlarged family, extended family, get together every year um, to celebrate his life and to remember the, the 
the short life that he had and the impact that he had. So I was kind of, this was earlier on in my writing about death and loss, and at first it was a little bit of a head-scratcher to me. I thought, well, but he was only four months old, and that was ten years ago. And, you know, so I, I kind of was like, is this normal? Is this, okay, I, they want this, so let me take this journey with them. But my starting point was a little bit like, wow, I'm used to more recent losses and people that have lived for a much longer time. Well, this really opened my eyes up to something phenomenal, which is you cannot measure the impact of a life based on the number of years that somebody's on the planet. Because this little boy, for the four months, I, I, he barely ever left the hospital, but for the four months that he lived, there was something magical about him. And everyone in the hospital, all the doctors, all of the nurses, and this family that was involved were transformed by being around this baby, such that when he died four months later, the doctors and nurses all took the day off and drove two hours to the location of where this little baby was buried. I think they were just so touched by something about this child and also about the way the family rallied around and was so attendant to this little boy's life. So uh, I, you don't hear stories of a doctor getting in a car and driving for two hours one direction. No, uh, back. I mean, it's just something yeah. happened. There was something really amazing about how they all pulled together around this little boy. So every year they do something. And it always involves releasing balloons because that's what they did on the day he died. And then they try to think of big, creative, incredible, unusual things to do. So on this 10th year, they decided to commission a song. And much like this last song that we heard, I did a really in-depth interview with each member of the family, this older sister and the mother and the father. And um, different people like to interview differently. Like the mother felt very shy and hesitant about it, so I did mine completely on email with her. She was just too hard for her to talk about, whereas the dad... I okay, we're going to hear it. we got to hear it. <laughs> okay, here it comes. <laughs> this is All in right. the voice of Baby Wyatt, and we're going to hear a third of it, but he speaks to each member of his family. So you just hear him speaking to his sister in this first third of the song. Okay. Sissy from across all time and space I am with you every single day Feel my hand wrapped around your fingers strong and warm And feel the never-ending beat of my heart inside your heart Through every precious moment, every hurdle, every Let my love fill you to overflowing Wherever on life's road you may be going In the circle of life All the love for me you brought alive Will return to you for me And keep on growing Like balloons on a wind forever Because of you from you I gained my strength for all the times I fought the battle to fullest length it was the deepest honor of all my hard won days to be your little warrior to be your little twinkling star you and me each shared moment for all 
let my love fill you to overflowing through all your days and all your ways of deepest knowing in the circle of life all the love for me you brought alive will return to you from me and keep on growing like balloons on a wind forever because of you, our love is forever growing. I wanted to say, um, kind of the stories that you've been telling are on your website, right? Yeah, if you if you go to customcraftedsongs.com, the little thing I was saying earlier, if you go to the part that says listen to the song of the month, every month I have a and anyone can sign up for this if they want to. It's free. I, I send out an email that links people to the website and says, here's the song this month that I'm featuring, and here's the story behind it, and here's the MP3, which you can download, and here are the lyrics. So I, I add a new one every month, and there are you know probably two years' worth on there right now that anybody can see, including the one we just heard. That's actually being featured this month as part of a um, – I'm, I'm sort of forwarding people on to something that Grief Haven did um, – just this past month where they took four families that were all bereaved that I had written songs for, all of which had lost a child, and they um, not only put the songs up on their website, but each of those families wrote a little story about what their experience was and how they used the song afterwards and what the, what the song has meant to them. Absolutely fantastic. Well, talk about the song that we're going to go out with um, today. Um, we're not, it's not time to go out, but I want to make sure we have time to... You know, process this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I'll just say briefly that um, this was another, I mean, they're all, they're just, the stories behind them are as incredible. The name of it's Bright Eyes, by the uh, way. The name, of, the name of the song is Bright Eyes. This was a father who um, was dying and has a disease called Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS. And um, he and his wife had a daughter who was uh, about nine years old at the time, ten years old. And they had never talked to their daughter about what this disease was that, that their father had. And they kept thinking he was slowly deteriorating. If you know anything about that disease, it just slowly yeah. renders. Well, what's the, um, oh, well, it's Lou Gehrig, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So each muscle slowly becomes slack, yeah. and so you can't walk, and then there. you can't talk. So they kept waiting for her to ask what was going on, and they thought when she asks, we'll tell her, but she never did. And eventually he lost his ability to speak, and then he couldn't talk with her about it anymore. So he commissioned this song with me, and we actually did the, the interview one question a day. Um, he was able to do on... Um, email using a little mirror connected to the retina of his eye, he could type out one letter at a time. Oh my god! So it took us a month to do the interview for the song, but he wanted a song for his daughter to be able to say the things that he had lost the ability to say. And I thought when he did the song that he was going to want a song about you know getting her ready for his death or talking about death or sickness. And it, what he really wanted was a song about health and life and a song that would help her remember after he was gone that there had been a time where he was healthy and they had a strong connection. His fear was that she would forget, that she would only remember him in the illness phase of his life. And so he wanted a song that really celebrated what they used to do together, which is they used to go sailing out on the Coronado. And um, so it's a song from him to her about reminding her what it feels like to be connected and what it was like when they were both strong. And then it also does... I don't know that we'll hear the whole song, but it, toward the end of it, it talks about the harder pieces that he hadn't shared with her before, but it ends on a really up note about the idea that after he's gone, they will still be able to sail together just in a different way. Uh, and and uh, you can hear this again if people want to hear the whole thing on your website, right? 
Yes, that one also. Uh, actually, that one hasn't been featured yet, but if you go to YouTube, I did a couple of TV shows um, because after this song was commissioned, a few years later there was a twist in the story and the daughter actually commissioned one back for her father. And the, the twist is simply this, that two things. One, the um, president of the ALS Association got his hands on this song and he was really blown away by it and he actually flew me out to D.C. to perform it um, for the largest ever on the planet gathering of ALS patients or Lou Gehrig's patients and their families. Wow. So they, and they, they brought this family in. They flew the family in as well, and I performed it for the family and for them, and it was a really big deal, and everybody was kind of assuming that this was right at the end of the father's life. And the little twist that you can see about on YouTube, if you want, is that um, this father ended up choosing to have a respirator put in. And when you do that with a protracted illness, you might go from having three months to live till you could live for 40 years. Wow. So here were all these big goodbyes and this sort of planning for this end, and then the end didn't come. And he's been alive for many years just in a very, very, not vegetative state because his mind is fully active, but an inability to move. So years later, three years later, his daughter was becoming a teenager, and she commissioned a song with me, which was a, a song to him, because she was having a harder and harder time connecting with her feelings for him, and it was having a harder and harder time being present with him as he was kind of wasting away and you know, you can't even wink at each other. He can't do anything with his face at all. So there's a follow-up song that I'm not going to share here, but you can find it on YouTube if you Google my name or you put my name in and you put Daddy. That's the name of the response song, which is an absolutely beautiful song that she did for him. But this one is very uplifting and just a really lovely song that has been forwarded all over the place because so many Lou Gehrig's patients have shared this song with each other, and it's called Bright Eyes. Ah, that's a fantastic story. Well, it is. It has been so great having you on the show. Thanks for all the work you're doing. And oh, do you have, yeah. It's really amazing, isn't it, Heidi? It is. You're such an inspiration, and it's so powerful to hear these stories. And I love that you can go on your website and read the lyrics as well. You're very generative. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm I'm just always wanting more people to know that this is possible because it, most it, people just don't even know that you can do this, and it's you really relief. can. And I really do. <laughs> yeah, it's such a relief, isn't it, not to worry about the result. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to be able to do it and, and let what happens happen. That's right. But, you know, one of the things I'm thinking, and we can talk about it after we get off the show, is how we're going to link you up with the Open to Hope Foundation because we have millions of people visiting our site for Hope and Healing, so yeah. we would love to have you. Yeah, uh, I, I always have that feeling that there are probably so many people that would just absolutely, this could mean everything to them, but they just don't even know that it's a, it's out there, you know. So any anybody that knows any way to let people who are hurting and want this kind of a thing to know, that's just a wonderful help to everyone, to them and to me too. Well, again, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. Wonderful. I really enjoyed it and, and grateful to have been here. And thank you for your music. You are so welcome.
aching The hugs I can't offer you As I watch this body wasting It was like nothing Lift it to the sky It was like everything To see me through your bright, bright eyes You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.